Welcome back to Building the Bakken. I'm your host, Jason Spies. In our next segment, Bakken Energy, we talk with Brad Crabtree, Vice President of Fossil Energy for the Great Plains Institute. This is Brad Crabtree. This interview is brought to you by Montana Rig Mats, specializing in rig mats, camp mats, and custom fabrication. That's Montana Rig Mats. Give them a call at 1-855-444-MATS. That's 1-855-444-MATS. Or visit their website at www.mtrigmat.com. That's www.mtrigmat.com. Montana Rig Mats, made in Montana, shipped anywhere in the world. Where the nighttime lights earth and light on the horizon Under the soft red glow of the wintertime city clouds I'm Brad Crabtree, I work for the Great Plains Institute. Uh, what is the Great Plains Institute? A little uh, commercial time for you here. Uh, the Great Plains Institute is a nonprofit organization. We work in the Northern Plains and in the Midwest and, and nationally uh, to promote uh, good energy policy and energy technology and the whole spectrum. I, my, my job at the Great Plains Institute, I run our fossil energy programs, but we also work on renewables, wind and biomass, uh, transmission and transmission infrastructure. Uh, energy efficiency, yeah, really the the whole gamut. Um, you work in the fossil fuels, so that is both oil and gas. That's correct, and I also work on um, carbon capture, where we use CO2 to produce more oil while storing the CO2, the carbon dioxide, in the ground at the same time. So you solve an environmental problem while creating an economic opportunity. So that's a big focus of what I do. Also work on. Um, uh, power plants, uh, uh, coal, coal and natural gas fire generation to produce electricity and uh, uh, improving the environmental and economic performance of, of, of those facilities through public policy. Question for you, when it comes to um, natural gas, there's uh, big investments happening in natural gas with some uh, processing plants. Um, coal seems to be under fire as of late in terms of uh, increased regulations, or at least that's the uh, stigma out there. Whether it's true or not, I can't comment on it. I will comment on the stigma part. What do you see happening between the relationship of natural gas and coal? Are they going to work together or are they going to compete, do you think? Well, they're very much competing. Um, I mean, they're just they're two valuable energy com com commodities, and in the case of power generation, are both used for power generation. I would say the challenge with coal is twofold. Um, absolutely, there's a growing regulation of coal and the environmental impacts of, of coal-based energy, and that's a factor. Um, equally important, if not more important, is the fact that we now have an abundant, lower-cost natural gas supply thanks to horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing, which has produced a gas resource that um, we wouldn't have imagined uh, a generation ago. And if you have a conventional natural gas-fired power plant and a conventional coal-fired power plant, the environmental and, and carbon footprint of a natural gas-fired power plant and some of the other emissions are simply lower. Now, I think it's important, though, I actually have worked for many years uh, on coal as an energy resource. I think coal can and should play an important part of our country's energy future. But in order for that to happen, we need to have a much more aggressive effort to advance new coal technologies that will manage 
the carbon dioxide emissions from coal and continue to make the progress we've seen, dramatic progress in reducing mercury emissions and sulfur dioxide and, and some of these other more traditional pollutants. But until we see that technology investment in coal, I think the future for coal is going to become more and more difficult. And one of the challenges now is with all this uncertainty, you've got natural gas that's affordable and available. You've got coal, which has these environmental risks. And so what's happening, industry is investing in natural gas. And so the future of the coal industry and all the great jobs in mining and manage, uh, operating power plants and everything else, those jobs depend on new technology. And one of the things I very much focus on in my work is the policy incentives that the tax credits and other things that would allow companies to invest in new coal technologies to improve that environmental performance. Are the tax credits getting to be economical? I was talking with uh, a guy who's capturing uh, liquid gas and he's converting it into electricity. And when I asked him about can you sell that back to the grid, he said you can but it's just not economical right now. Um, and I hear that with natural gas, too, that it's just not economical to stop the flaring immediately, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just w w what do you make about the, um, the economy of scale versus some of these uh, issues that they're having out in the Bakken? Well, economy of scale is important. What we've seen for decades in the energy industry is technologies are developed and they're tested out and shown to work. Shown, being shown to work is one thing. Being commercially viable in the marketplace today, that's another level of challenge. And so one of the things that tax credits can do and other types of incentives uh, is they can help make that shift from know, knowing a technology works to helping deploy it in the marketplace. And, you know, we learn by doing in industry. We're seeing this in the Bakken right now. You know, every year we come to these conferences, we're seeing the dramatic improvement in, in hydraulic fracturing, drilling technologies, you know, almost month by month. That's because they're drilling a lot of wells. So they're getting more and more experience. They're improving the technology. They're improving the processes. We need to have that with some of the technologies to manage natural gas and we do that and we'll bring the cost down but but I think there's an important thing you raised a very good question but you overlooked something there's a regulatory piece to this too and I think we've made a mistake in North Dakota and we basically assume that for companies to oil companies to properly manage the natural gas it has to pay for itself but we're permitting, as a state, we permit, we allow oil companies, they get a permit to drill for oil, which they should. But managing the natural gas responsibly, that needs to be built in the cost of doing business and producing the oil. And there's plenty of income and profit on the oil side. If it costs a little extra to manage the gas properly, you know, one of the things you'll hear, like you just said, is that, well, it actually costs more to capture that gas and say use it on site for electricity or some other purpose or connect it to pipes than the gas itself is worth. Well that may be true but we're choosing to produce the oil and so I think we need to take we need to spend you know what's necessary to manage the gas properly and, and, I, and I think we're seeing our regulators are moving in that direction that's a good thing I think it should have happened sooner but it's all to the positive that it's happening. What is the role of a regulator? And that was Brad Crabtree, Vice President of Fossil Energy for the Great Plains Institute. To listen to the entire interview or other features and segments on Bakken Energy, visit our website at buildingthebakken.com.
And that concludes today's episode of Building the Bakken. To listen to past shows, full-length interviews, read columns, visit our website at buildingthebakken.com. Building the Bakken can be heard every week at this time on this radio station. To see if a radio station in your listening area carries Building the Bakken, Visit our website at buildingthebakken.com. I'd like to remind you folks, in addition to being the host of Building the Bakken Radio, I'm also a featured writer for a variety of publications across the upper Midwest, including the Bismarck Tribune's Bakken Breakout Weekly, the Dickinson Press's oil publication The Drill, the Bakken Breakout Magazine, and my most recent column in the Bakken Oil Business Journal, talking about a young man from Ghana working in the Bakken oil patch sending money overseas to build schools and churches. Of course, that column can be found at buildingthebakken.com, or if you'd like to pick up a copy of the magazine, I invite you folks to do so. Building the Bakken would also like to thank our sponsors. As an educational program, we rely heavily on our sponsors. We'd like to thank MBI Energy Services, the Rocky Mountain Energy Summit, Montana Rig Mats, and BakkenLocator.com. For more information on our sponsors, visit our website at buildingthebakken.com. From our staff at Building the Bakken, we're asking you to make it a safe and sensational day. I'm your host, Jason Spies. Thank you for listening to Building the Bakken. Now there are days when I feel lost and separated And every step I take falls on foreign ground And I feel like going back to North Dakota Take a job and find a wife And finally settle down But right now I'm addicted to the motion And the freedom that my selfish solitude provides 